Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. We, uh, last week we talked about finding yourself on the other side of the line and, uh, and then actually stepping across the line. And this week I just want to touch on it one more time that sometimes we get dragged across the line or we stumble across the line. A lot of biblical stuff about stumbling. And uh, you can stumble across the line and be a slave to your sin unintentionally. And then there are those that intentionally want you to stumble across the line, that will uh, intentionally drag you with them and uh, this is the area that we have to guard our hearts. In Proverbs, it says that we need to guard our hearts. You can find yourself on the other side of the line in a lot of different ways. And it's going to happen. But we can do better. If we just give it a little thought, guard your heart, prepare yourself for some things, you can stay on the other side of the line most of the time. And a little bit later on in the message, I'm going to tell you where God actually says it will happen. You will find yourself on the other side of the line. But woe to those that make you go there. Uh, Bill, i got a slide. Proverb 110. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Now, ladies, this is not just for men. This is for mankind. It's it's written that way because he's actually talking to a male. But the principle of the thing is, it's not just for men. Women can find themselves on the other side of the line as well. And you can be enticed to go there. Peer pressure is uh, something that we we often relate to younger people. I mean, here's a group of, of younger people here that we would tell, you know, be careful with peer pressure. But if you think about it, it happens to all of us. Even me. I don't know if there comes an age where you're not concerned about peer pressure, or you you should be concerned about it anyway. Even myself, you know, you you get a little something from somebody, you you need need to write a better message. Well, I got to do better. You know, you you get the peer pressure. Most of you know I drive a truck during the week. A friend of mine likes to roll. Now, that, that means, you know, hit it pretty hard. And he gets paid by the load. So I know when I see him coming up behind me that he wants to roll. And I'll actually find myself speeding up to a point to get out of his way to make him think that I'm similar to him or, you know, I I don't want to be that guy that's in his way of stopping him to make money. I'll find myself going faster and faster. I'm looking in my mirrors and he is coming up on me. He's going hard. Pretty soon I'm going at a speed that I'm not really comfortable with. What if it's your family in the car coming at me? The peer pressure, even in a situation like that, will make you do things that you shouldn't do. And I'm not saying that's crossing the line, but if you're going 70 in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, uh, it's not pleasing to God. So whether you want to call it a sin or not, it is not pleasing to God that you would risk a family, like I just prayed about, these, these families that bundle up their children to come to church, what if some guy is getting pressured into going faster and faster and faster, gets a piece of ice, takes out a whole family? Peer pressure. 
It happens. It happens to all of us. The, um, the big thing I see online now, I, I'm one of these, I, I go online just like the rest of you guys do. Trending. This is a big word now, right? What, what's trending? A lot of it is not good. There is some good stuff. But when you guys see something that says it's trending, that means you need to do it, right? This is something, you know, if, uh, if you know, the, the, the red shirt is trending, well, pretty soon we're all going to have red shirts. These, these are temptations. These are things that, that pop up in front of you online. It, it's in, in our face all the time. Television, radio, Internet. There's junk popping up all the time that looks popular, that looks cool. But it's way on the other side of the line. It's not even close. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Last week we talked about it's one thing to look. And it's one thing to say, oh, that's pretty sweet. But you don't go anywhere after that. You can measure your faith by how, how quickly you turn from it. If you're sitting and looking at it for a half an hour, you probably got a little work to do. If you can glance over there and say, not good, you're not doing too bad. It's the only way I can see is to measure how you're growing in Christ. Now, if you click on that, and then click again, and then click again, and then look around to see who's behind you, you're probably in a really gray area that you shouldn't be. Now, I'm going to say something here that a lot of you are going to understand. How many of you have deleted your history in your browser? You got it right. You're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one that had the guts to say it, because we've all done it. I shouldn't say all of us. It's a very popular thing. Uh, Google Chrome, is that what it is? Chrome, actually has a thing now that you can go incognito. I shouldn't be telling you this because I don't want you to try it. You can go incognito. And how do I know this? You can go incognito so that nobody knows where you went. It won't keep a history of you. won't record your IP address or anything. That's how popular this is getting to be. You know all about it, don't you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> This stuff is in our face, you guys, and we need to deal with it. We can do better. Yes, you're going to find yourself on the other side of the line. You are going to stumble. Confess. We talked about that last week. That's, that's the best place to start. Uh, Bill, I don't have slides for all this. In the book of Romans, chapter 13, do not put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Again, ladies, it's not, uh, not just brothers. It's mankind. It tells us, don't put a stumbling block. Now, a stumbling block can be a lot of things. And I'll use an example of the church. In communion, we serve grape juice. Because if somebody has a problem with alcohol and we put wine in there, we can actually be causing our brother to stumble. That's why you guys get grape juice. Somebody might have a problem. And I am not going to be the one to have them leave here and say, that was good. It'll make them stumble. It's just one example. How many of you have said, oh, I have one more for the road? Well, come on, that'll hurt you. Everybody's doing it. This is putting a stumbling block. It really is. One more for the ditch. There's some truth to that. Those kind of phrases, we've all been there. How many people in here know what last call means? 
There you go. Now you're not. You're the only one that didn't raise your hand. This is this, you. You yell out "last call." Everybody rushes for that last drink. If you don't know what that means, it means the bar is going to close. This is actually can be a stumbling block. If if somebody's had too much already and you yell "last call," you know they do that so that you'll get one more. But you understand what I'm saying? These kind of things happen all the time. And pretty soon, you've got a stumbling block, and you'll stumble across the line. You're young. You've got a good chance to stop this. Above all, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. We can guard ourselves, you guys. Somebody says, come on, everybody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. They are actually dragging you across the line. They are actually pulling you from the arms of God. If you are a Christian, God has a hold of you. And he says nothing can snatch you from my hands. However, there's people that are hanging on your feet trying to pull you out of the arms of God. Now, I'm talking to you right now as you're a victim. In a little while, I'm going to talk to you as a culprit. Please don't get mad at me. But we can also find ourselves doing that unintentionally. And we've got to be careful with that. It's actually a very bad thing. Psalm uh, 140. Keep me safe. This is verse 4. Keep me safe, Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from the violent who devise ways to trip my feet. There are actually people out there that are planning on how to get you to stumble across the line so they can either sell or get some sort of an attendance. Do you understand the pulling that happens? Marketing people are excellent at this. How many have heard the phrase, I could sell ice to an Eskimo? That's somebody that can drag you across the line. We got one other one we say about farmers, but I won't, I won't say that one in church. These guys are good at that. And they might not intentionally be trying to do it, but they are. They're dragging you across the line. They are causing you to stumble across the line. Oh, everybody's doing it. It's all right. It won't hurt you. Well, it does once in a while. Don't try it. The, uh, the whole peer pressure thing. Very biblical. Not to do this. Romans chapter 12 Verse 2, I'm going to read the NIV. Bill, I don't have a slide for that. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the world. But it's so hard. Yellow was trending this week. Red might be next week. Might be a different kind of dope. New alcohol is on the market. Where people are hanging out. You guys probably all know what a rave is, huh? Pretty trending. Yes, I know what a rave is. A lot of them lock the doors so you can't get out. These are trending things. They're cool. They're hip. And they are deadly. And those people are the ones that are dragging you across the line. If you get invited to a rave, be careful. Tell your dad you're going to go. See what he says. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? 
Yeah, that, that, there's a message right there. If you cannot tell your parents, and I'm talking to just you guys, you guys just sit down over there. If you can't tell your mom and dad where you're going to go or what you're going to do tonight, it's wrong. Just about that simple. Gentlemen, if you can't tell your wife what you're doing, it's probably wrong. Ladies, if you're hiding anything from your husband, it's probably wrong. And yes, I know all about it. I have to continuously guard my heart. If somebody's looking over your shoulder at what you're doing, and you finally notice them, and you hide it, you try to cover it up, it's wrong. And there's a pretty good reason. That's a good sign right there. If you're married or have a significant other or girlfriend or whatever, and have a question, and you run it by her, you're going to get a good answer. Whether you think it's good or not, it's going to be the best answer you're going to get. Just get used to it. If you cannot tell her, it's automatically wrong. Let, let's hope maybe it's about a surprise party or something. But if you can't tell your wife something that you're going to do or somebody's asked you to do, I'm trying to think of a time when it would be okay. It's wrong. Start there. If something is causing you to step across the line, and you don't know whether you're stepping across the line or not, go ask your wife or your husband. Do you think this is across the line? Just the fact that you have to ask them probably indicates you're not headed in the right direction. But it's a good place to start. I'd love to say pray first, but we don't do that very well. Remember the story? How many of you were here when I talked about the Corvette? God told me to buy a Corvette. And I have no money. And I am in debt up to my eyeballs, but God told me to buy one. And it's probably not from God. So when you tell your wife or your husband, God told me to buy a Corvette, Corvette, you're probably going to get slapped. You know, start there, run it through the baloney meter to see whether it's of God or not. Then you will know what God's perfect and pleasing will is for you. Oh, we're coming to the hammer part. I'm getting all excited here. Um, I, I do have something to say to, to the ladies and men. Um, short dresses do not make you prettier. Uh, Low-cut shirts do not make you more attractive. Men, uh, you are not a, a stud if you can drink more than the next guy. These are just stupid things to talk about. If you are waiting for your knight in shining armor, you might find him, but he's not the one that gets to hand out the crowns. You might think it's pretty cool, and if you are trying to be that knight in shining armor, remind, remind yourself you don't get to hand out the crowns. Your heart will make you attractive or unattractive. I have a friend of mine, we, we, we giggle once in a while, and uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all good. Well, I actually stuttered there, didn't I? <laughs> I'm not all good. If, if I'm driving down the road and I see a young lady that, that uh, nature has been very good to, and uh, I look, I say, boy, I can't look at that again. All right? Do, do we tell ourselves that? Sometimes we don't. But there, there has been a time when you, you say, that is a very attractive lady. Or maybe it's an attractive man, man. And then they open their mouth. And boy, they become ugly. Just like that. It can turn just that quick. Your heart will make people see the beauty in you or the hatred. The ugly, the evil. That was your lesson for the day. You don't have to wear short skirts, and I'm glad none of you have it on, to tell you the truth. Good for you.
Good job, you guys. It's cool. <laughs> okay, next July, we're going to give the same message. That was kind of silly. I picked the coldest data. We, um, I want to I wanna talk to you about something pretty technical. And I'm going to try to break this down for you a little bit because I want you to leave here knowing this. Bill, I've got this in three different slides, and I want to kind of pause on each one. Matthew 18, I'm going to start at verse 4. It says, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child, Jesus is calling a child to him, by the way. Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever becomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name. I got, I got to tell you here, before we go any further, they're not talking about children here. And the next time you guys read this, it, it's, it's pretty popular. A lot of teachings have got, you know, gone through this whole thing. They're not talking about children. The, the actual word there, I think, is mentros, which converts to uh, the least of, the humble, the small, uh, the little. And that's where they're getting the child from. It's small or the little. It's actually... Who believes in Jesus Christ will make themselves childlike? Now, you've all heard that before, too. Bill, let's go on to the next one. If anyone causes one of these little ones, then in hyphens here, it says, those who believe in me. See, they're explaining. Uh, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's harsh. Whoever causes another believer to stumble would be better off to have a millstone tied around their neck. When you cause somebody to stumble, this is the kind of consequence you're going to have to live with. Is it literal or is it figurative? I'm going to let you guys decide. I don't think we need a teaching on that because it could be either. So let's go on to the next one. Verse 7, it continues and says, Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. Bill, just leave that up for a minute. Woe to the world because of the things. I can understand that. Things can cause us to stumble. These things must come. He's telling us it's going to happen to you. And you might even be the one that causes it. Because the next line says, but woe to the person through whom they come. Everybody's looking at me pretty strong. We got things and we got people that cause us to stumble. Woe to them. I want to explain to you what woe means in the Bible. Woe is an explanation of judgment upon God's enemies. It's in the Bible a lot. It refers to the judgment of God's enemies. It is a misfortune on oneself. Woe. Where do you think we get that from? Woe. Most of us spell it W-H-O-A. But maybe it came from woe. Things in people can cause others to stumble. And woe to the one that causes a Christ-following person to stumble. He calls them little ones. It's got nothing to do with children. It can be children. 
but it's about the people that follow Jesus Christ. And if we, as Christ-following people, cause somebody to stumble, I would hope that it was unintentional. And the blood of Jesus has got you covered. You will not get the millstone. Everybody understand what a millstone is? Big, round, stone? Bad, bad, bad millstone. When he says that it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and drowned in the depths of the sea, that's harsh. I would hope that would get some attention. And, and when we talk about the fear of God, there's two kinds. There's the reverence fear, and then there's the fear when you tremble. This is trembling stuff. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you do. In, uh, in the book of Luke, in, in chapter 7, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. You realize that means whoever is forgiven much loves much. If you are one of these people that has caused somebody to stumble, you are forgiven much, and you should love much. You have an out. You have been forgiven already. And if you are a person that causes somebody to stumble, you'll understand how much forgiveness rocks. Whoever's forgiven much loves much. You'll understand how much you've been forgiven and you will show that same love to somebody else. So, if you're one of the people that deserves to have a millstone put around your neck, you have been forgiven much. Leave this place and love much. Because you're going to be okay. You won't get the millstone. But I still want you to think about it once in a while. This is a place where you can see one of your brothers or sisters in Christ and say, uh, dude, remember the millstone? You don't need one more for the road. You don't need to try something. Hey, everybody's doing it. Remember the millstone? Just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. It's what the world does, and we don't want to be part of it. And I don't mean just this group of people. Christianity, it's a behavior issue. Don't expect the blessings if you're dragging somebody across the line, if you're causing somebody to stumble across the line, you're not going to receive the total blessings of God. And this is something that we preach here all the time. If you are a parent, you will completely understand this. If you've got, if you've got a child in your arms, your child, and somebody's coming along trying to take them from you, you understand what you're going to do to that person? That's how God is. It would be better for them to have a millstone tied around your neck than to have Rob come after you. Tyler, I promised I'd leave you alone today. So, <laughs> This is how God is. If you are a parent of two children, two, two toddlers, and, and you've got one, and the other one comes up, now you have a choice. You, you could put them in your other arms. But if the second child is, is pulling your hands away because they want you to put that one down, see, this is a sinful nature thing, they want you to hold them, and you say, just... Just wait your turn. Do not try to pull a child out of a parent's arms. That's what stumbling is to God. He's got you. I would hope that the people in this building he has. If, he, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please see me after service. But if God has you and somebody is trying to pull the, you from his arms, woe to them. And every father and mother will know exactly what I'm talking about. 
You do not pull a child out of a father's arms. Bill, I got James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because he stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Go for the crown. These things are going to come. Remember back, Bill, put up that number three. It says it's going to happen. Such things must come. So you need to persevere through these things. They're going to happen. The one that perseveres will receive the crown. And he's worthy of giving it. I got a feeling you're going to love him so much, you're going to lay it at his feet. This is what we need to shoot for. It's going to happen. We need to persevere and shoot for the crown.